Hello and welcome back to another exciting week on Talking with the Experts podcast with your host, Chris Counton. Today, we've got a really exciting guest joining us. Her name is Tracy Enos and she's a leading authority in LinkedIn. Now she is an exclusive LinkedIn advisor and has worked with Fortune 50 companies, uh, $50 million plus revenue SaaS companies, and then the everyday entrepreneur and showing them how to use their LinkedIn to optimize it and to create and generate six figures plus. Today, she's going to be talking about her story and how she went from being laid off to now being a LinkedIn advisor to creating six figures by sharing your story, also hijacking content and how to generate uh, content that is specific to your own business, but also attracts different kind of prospects. You're going to learn about how to use Sales Navigator instead of the LinkedIn newsfeed, how to optimize your profile, and much more. And I hope you get a lot out of this episode. I'll speak to you at the end. Thank you, Tracy, for joining me on Talking With Experts podcast this week. I've seen your resume and I'm astounded and humbled that you're on the podcast today sharing about LinkedIn marketing, lead, uh, LinkedIn lead generation, business development. But first, I want to know a little bit about you and um, tell me how you got into LinkedIn. Let's go from there. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on, Chris. I appreciate it. I love doing podcasts, so I don't normally turn them down, <laughs> even if you're just getting started. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing LinkedIn exclusively for about nine years. I've dabbled in LinkedIn for 11 years, but I didn't get start paid, getting start paid to do LinkedIn for clients until nine years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, but actually, you know, to be honest with you, it was more out of necessity than it was out of want, mm. you know? So I got laid off twice in four years from corporate America. The first time was in 2008 when we had the financial crisis in the United States. And I worked for a very large bank that did not get bailed out by the federal government. So PNC mortgage came in and they scooped up my bank. <laughs> and so they <laughs> fired all of us who didn't live. Yeah. Who didn't live in Ohio all the rest of us got laid off. So that really sucked. And because I was in an area, um, I'm in Kansas City. So Branson, Missouri is about three hours south of Kansas City. It's a, Mm -hmm. I guess they call it the little Las Vegas, if you've never been there. So, um, but it's more of a family town than Vegas is. But, um, you know, I lived there and not only was I a realtor at the time, I also did mortgages. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find a job after that because the banks weren't hiring any more loan officers because, frankly, we were in a second home market and we had 18 months of inventory. Mm-hmm. So I looked for a job for, gosh, eight, nine months. And I finally decided to make the jump, move back to Kansas City and work for a real estate firm there for a couple of years till the market improved. And I was the uh, managing broker of the office. So um, when she closed shop and decided to go to a different real estate office and tagged me along, she wanted to double dip into my commission. And I told her she'd go fly a kite. So, <laughs> so from there, I had, you know, a little bit of savings and it didn't last very long. I'm a single parent of two little boys. And um, at this time, and so um, I dabbled in insurance, got my health and life insurance license and the biggest competitor was getting to the leads before I was, and I was paying like eight to $30 a lead. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's why my savings just, you know, depleted because I was spending all this money on leads. So, um, so I had to turn and find a job. I didn't have a choice, a job. So, um, I turned to LinkedIn. And, um, so I found this job with a nutrition company outside of, uh, San Diego. And it was a great remote job. What they did is they promoted their health products in Sam clubs and Costco's, you know, the big box, you know, the bulk stores. Right. And so I did really well there. And, um, within a week I was in charge of all the other demo personnel in seven stores in Kansas city. And within two months, I was field regional manager in charge of seven states and 83 stores. <laughs> so <laughs> what a, what a transformation. I know. So here I am back to making six figures again. And they decided to partner with one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the country and blew through their $3 million investment in three months. And what happened from there uh, is history. They laid off everybody in the field, all 20 something of us in the field, let go half of their staff in, in, in California and started like with a, you know, with a very small crew. <laughs> so I was laid off again, but here's the fun part. See, I've been playing in LinkedIn since 09, but really didn't get active until 2011. Mm-hmm. And, um, and while everybody else in the field was bar hopping after they were done for the day, I was talking to my kids on the phone and I was playing in LinkedIn. Look, that's where I found my job. Mm, Right. So, um, might as well go, you know, hang out in there and kind of, you know, get in the trenches and see how it works. And so, um, we actually still hire people from LinkedIn. So Craigslist and LinkedIn is where we got our, our demo folks. Anyway, so um, while I was doing that, you know, on the side, I kind of had a side gig. I was teaching people how to set up their LinkedIn profiles or Facebook business pages and little things like that. But I was doing it for free. Yeah. And so when I got laid off again, um, I finally turned to my sister, who is one of the most amazing and successful uh, entrepreneurs herself. Um, God bless her soul. She passed away um, in 2013. But um she sat me down. Here I am with my vodka and her with her glass of wine. And we're having a, you know, a very deep conversation. And she said, Tracy, you know, I did this too. You know, I worked for a company that wasn't going to give me the raise or the promotion that I deserve because I didn't have a piece of paper. Mm. She didn't have a formal graphic arts degree. So she left that big prestigious company in San Francisco and started her own freelance agency and made more money than she would ever have made working for the advertising firm. Right. And then she Mm -hmm. went on to open her own art gallery and sold her paintings uh, worldwide. So very successful. So I was going to listen to my sister and she says, you've been doing this for free. Open up your marketing agency and start getting paid for it. Yes. And that's how it started. Oh, wow. But I didn't do LinkedIn right away. No, I was like the digital marketing agency that did WordPress websites, getting, Mm. you know, businesses and the Google Maps and, you know, business directories and all that fun stuff. And I loved selling it. I hated fulfilling it. It like I was not passionate about it at all. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't find clients here in locally in my own backyard. And so I turned to LinkedIn and LinkedIn proved to be the place to be. And I found customers across the country. Um, Soon it was uh, Canada. I had other digital marketing agencies helping me, you know, help having me help them. It was really very cool. And at the end of the day, those folks are saying, hey, uh, what are you doing and how are you doing it? Can you do it for us? 
Yes. And that was the dawn of my my LinkedIn journey. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. And I and I've seen from your website that you 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 claim that you're a world LinkedIn expert. So mm. you you've worked with some of the best. Um and can you can you just name some of those people? Um uh, what you actually did not. for them? Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's totally fine. But I I will say that I've worked with everybody from the solo entrepreneur mm -hmm. to the $50 million SaaS company. I, I worked with two of them out of San Francisco. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so um, I don't want to name drop because yeah, that's fine. I, you know, I keep my clients private. So yeah, that, that's, um, that's totally fine. Um, what, what's okay. Let's just get straight into LinkedIn because I know you're the expert there. Um, what is working for you right now uh, in terms of, uh, using LinkedIn as lead generation? Well, I'm going to tell you something, and this is what, <clears throat> you know, and believe me, I've got caught up in this too, is what a lot of folks now, you know, since the pandemic, you know, engagement on LinkedIn has increased with not only new membership, but with people who are, have, you know, had an account on LinkedIn, but are like, oh, I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm not using it. Right. Yes. And so now all of a sudden with the pandemic, you know, that disrupted business in in various ways where companies who were weren't really remote before are now having to scramble to have their employees go remote. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're like, wow, you know, there's this amazing platform that's been sitting at my laptop, my desk, my phone for years, but I've not been, you know, utilizing it till its full capacity. Yeah. So what, what what we find though is because LinkedIn's made a lot of changes. Some I like, some I don't. And over the last, you know, year and a half, two years, and people get sidetracked with all the new shiny objects, mm. right? And so what's working in LinkedIn is what's worked the whole time. It's the back to basics, mm -hmm. right? It's going in and developing and nurturing those business relationships you want to nurture, not get on the, I want to be a viral content influencer. You know, I'm going to get all my leads being viral content. Well, that's okay. But those people that you see that are viral in LinkedIn, trust me, it took them about a year to get there. Mm. You know, do you want to wait a year to close new business? Oh, heck no. <laughs> so back to basics. Look, if you develop a really great foundation, which is not only who you know that you want to work with, who are your clients, the demographics, the psychographics of the client, and then you're going to go use tools that LinkedIn has one of the best prospecting tools around and it's called Sales Navigator. And in conjunction with Sales Navigator and put together a connection and a messaging, maybe an in-mail campaign. And if you do that consistently in under 30, 45 minutes a day, five days a week, you're, I mean, you're almost guaranteed to make six figures or more. And that's an individual. Can you imagine if you have a company that has a sales and a marketing team behind you to do that? And you could 10, you know, 100 time your efforts. Yeah. So, and that's what people are forgetting. It's the same thing that worked for me back in 2011 that is still working today. <laughs> And would that be with warm leads or cold messaging? Both. both. Absolutely okay. both. Yeah. So I know a lot of people, if you're just getting started on LinkedIn, you have a book of business already, right? Go get, connect with those people, connect with your past, your past clients, go connect with your uh, referral partners, any joint venture partners that you have, and then make a list of your, you know, hot 100. Right. Who are the hot 100 companies or people that you really want to get in front of and start nurturing them. Right now, of course, in the beginning, you know, it's going to take a little bit, 
because some not a lot of people, about 40% of people are really active in their inbox. Mm-hmm. You know, so but you got to nurture and cultivate those people. And the goal here is get them off of LinkedIn and into your own pipeline. Right. But you can still nurture them in LinkedIn because sometimes they're not on email. You might send a message to them in their inbox, inbox, sorry, and their email. So now that they're more likely to see you and then that's when you start developing content and maybe they follow your company page. So now they're going to get notified in the company page that you've got a new post up there. Get your employees to engage with that. And then that's how you can incorporate the shiny objects that everybody wants to start with. You know, once you have that well-oiled machine, Mm -hmm. then add in some more, you know, intermediate and advanced strategies to propel your business and your income up into the seven-figure range. Yeah. So, so for me, when I look at my LinkedIn, there's a profile. It's probably not optimized as well as it should be. And then to connect with people, it's liking, commenting. Um, Is there? I know that's the really basic. Is there a better way of doing it for me to be productive with my time on LinkedIn? Well, for one, Sales Navigator, again, prospecting tool. If you develop that list of, let's mm-hmm. just say, 100, okay, but you could easily do 1,000 people, right? And, and Sales Navigator allows you to add those people to lead lists. Mm-hmm. So once you save a company as a lead or a, um, or a person as a lead, What's really cool is the difference between the newsfeed in Sales Navigator and the newsfeed in LinkedIn are completely different. Okay. So, in the past, before Sales Navigator added this feature, you had to have, like, let's say a spreadsheet of everybody's LinkedIn profile. You had to go into their LinkedIn profile. You had to go uh, find, scroll down, and go to their activity and go see what their latest post was so that you can engage with them being front of mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't have to do that with Sales Navigator. You have one step. And that save them as a lead. And then LinkedIn, and once you log into Sales Navigator, pulls up that homepage and that's the alerts. So anybody mm-hmm. that's posted anything, has been mentioned in the news or anything like that, now you can start engaging with them. So maybe they didn't connect with you right away. That's okay. Go save them as a lead and start engaging with them so that now you're on their radar because in their regular LinkedIn, mobile or desktop, they're going to get notified that you are engaging with their content and you now are on their radar. And eventually they're going to get curious. They're going to land on your profile. And if your profile is optimized really well, very client facing, it has that human touch to it. You're more likely going to get that connection request accepted, that in-mail message replied to, and then you can start a conversation with them. Yes. Yes. So in terms of optimizing my profile as a podcaster, and uh, freelance freelancer, um, what's what's your advice? I know you said client facing, but for anybody else who listens to this, sure. So you need to figure out what are your goals for using LinkedIn. So what are your business objective objectives in your business? And then once you've defined that, what is the goals? You know, so make your make make short term and long term goals. What do you want your business to be like in three months, six months, maybe a year later? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever, do you want more guests on your podcast? Do you want more uh, clients in your freelance business? And remember, you can have both of them on your profile. Mm-hmm. But what you should do is in the work experience, doesn't matter when you add the date of when you started, you know, your work experience, as long as it's still present, you can go and reorder those in any any fashion that you want. So if you're more working on maybe let's say you have two company pages, one for your podcast and one for your freelance business, right? 
-hmm. And maybe you're more concentrating on getting guests because I know a lot of podcasters, what they'll do is they'll get those, those high level guests, but also could be, they could use your freelance services, right? So there are people are getting them as guests and then developing the relationship after the interview to try to get them to become clients, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you're not doing that, but if you weren't, you should. <laughs> it's, it's, right? it's in the pipeline, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you would make that your work experience on top because that's the first thing people are going to see when they land on your profile, mm-hmm. right? Instead of your freelance business site. Now, if you're just working strictly freelance, then I would reorder that to be up on top. And then you just tailor your messaging depending on what your goal is, mm-hmm. right? And so... Um, I mean, it's not very difficult to do. It's just a matter of, you know, you got to pick one or the other and work that goal, you know, because if you try to do two at one time, it's going to be an organizational nightmare. Mm -hmm. It really is, you know, Mm -hmm. so unless, unless you're getting them off of LinkedIn and into your own, you know, CRM or, you know, like a landing page or some sort of list that you have, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult to keep track of your conversations. Yeah. And I I think because you just mentioned that, um about splitting focus you you kind of want you want the freelance to be part of the the podcast and working as one instead of having um so many having it work against you yeah exactly yeah so so when i this last um this last uh late winter i decided i was going to go on a podcast run okay because i know Mm -hmm. i have a digital program coming out in september and i can drive people you know do free interviews, right? And then I'm allowed to give out my links, my giveaways, whatever. So I'm I'm growing my email list because now I can take those people who are off of LinkedIn and now they're in my email list. Now I can market to them, right? Mm -hmm. Similar to what you were doing, being a podcast host and interviewing experts that could use your services, your freelance services, right? So I didn't do anything else. And for a solid month, that's all I did is I reached out to podcast hosts and I started conversation with them. And lo and behold, I booked like, I don't know how many conversations I had. I think I did probably because um, I didn't want to have too many conversations at once because you can get overwhelmed, especially if people are connecting with you. Mm. And like, let's say I sent out 100 invitations and 80 of them connected with me. And then I have to go say hello to everybody. That yeah. in itself can be very time consuming. Yeah, right. Sure so I kept. I kept it to about 50 a day and I knew that my response rate is probably anywhere between 60 and 80% depending on the day and the type of podcast that they host, right? Or how active they are. That way it allowed me, you know, an opportunity to spend just an hour a day cultivating and in the inbox, having a conversation with these people, period. And um, more often than not, I didn't even ask them to, if I could be on their podcast, they asked me. And how I really approach it is, hey, look, I've got a really large network and send me your favorite episode. I'm going to listen to it when I'm on the treadmill at the gym. And I might be able to have send me a network. If you're taking guests, I would love to recommend somebody for you. Mm-hmm. You bought back. So I, was giving, I gave value before I asked. And at the end of the day, I know what I really wanted. I wanted to be a guest on these podcasts, right? Yep. And some podcasts were appropriate and the ones that weren't that, you know, my business wasn't appropriate for their, you know, um, the type of podcasts and and the content that they delivered. So I still sent them people though, because that makes me the hero. Yeah. And they're going to remember that. Well, now they're in my, now they're in my network. 
holy cow, now and I can go remarket to all those podcast hosts again. And the ones that I wasn't on, they might go now I'm, you know, seeing your stuff. I, I like what you're doing. We're more, you know, happy to have you on as a guest. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm even booking out podcasts now all the way into next year, may have next year already. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> See, that was my, that was my goal. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest with you, I had an overwhelming response and it was wonderful. So that's what I'm saying is if I try to do that and try to get clients and try to work with referral partners, I would have been, my head would have exploded. Yeah. And then one or all three is going to drop. Right. And yeah. then I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, fulfill my goals of using LinkedIn. So pick one, you may have more than one or maybe more than one service in your company. And that's great. Just pick one, concentrate at, you know, three, six months, you know, and move on the next and then, you know, track, tweak, test. Yeah. And it's exactly what I've done to start this podcast. There was 52 experts in four months. It's just gone over five months, but we're getting there eventually. And it's created a a huge amount of momentum that I didn't even realize I would have been able to create. But that's just because I'm focusing on. But again, it's it's the the production. Or, or the audio kind of doing that oh, myself yeah. but you know it's part of the process of learning and the commitment the discipline and i'm learning you know and i really love this space and they get to interview guests like you or experts like you <laughs> <laughs> so i know you mentioned in your notes that you because i asked about how you are generating revenue you you speak a lot about organic marketing yes. uh, i know we've kind of covered on it but is there anything that you would like to share today about organic marketing and how you use LinkedIn? Look, I, th- I think organic marketing takes a little more time than just throwing up an ad, which you have to be cautious in LinkedIn with ads anyway, because if you don't have the the content or the sales funnel or whatever that converts, um, trust me, LinkedIn ads are uh, 10 times more expensive than Facebook ads, mm. right? So um, that's something you need to test. Now, I would recommend this, to a company or people who have company pages, you can do sponsored content, which is kind of like boosting a post in your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You could boost a post in your, um, in your LinkedIn company page. Um, I would try that. That's on the cheaper end of things, but it's also going to land in the newsfeed mm-hmm. with the regular LinkedIn newsfeed, which is nice. Okay. So somebody doesn't have to follow your page to see that you're actually paying for the visibility. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everything that we do is organic. organic. So for example, let's say you threw up some really good uh, content and you're getting the views and you're getting, you know, likes and comments. Well, not all those are going to be first connections. So what I would do is I go into your content and this could be applicable to somebody else's. I'll talk about that in a second. You hijack somebody else's work, right? Is you go in there and find out any of the second or third degree connections that would be great prospects for you and go send them a connection request and say, hey, thanks for commenting or engaging on my post, whatever the post was. Let's connect. Mm. Simple as that, right? A short note. They're more likely to connect with you. And then you can start the conversation from there. Um, additionally, with your first connections, let's say it's a first connection that maybe you haven't um, they're, they're on your radar, but you haven't done business with them yet, but they're in your, your top list and you mm-hmm. really, and you're, so you go in there and just send them a personal message and thank them for liking your post and then ask them a question, start the conversation. And look, trust me, when I first started LinkedIn, everything was so formal. 
Mm. You know, you had to be, you know, prim proper. Even my dress was different in the photo, you know, um, very formal today. Like you and I are talking, Chris, like if we were just sitting at the bar, having a casual conversation over a cocktail, that's how you want to approach the inbox nowadays. Mm-hmm. You really do. Not just with a shirt with- on. <laughs> oh, well, please put your shirt on. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> well, we're going to send videos through there. Yes. We please wear some clothes. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, you can just. You know, it, things have changed a lot in LinkedIn. Change, they're not as formal. You can mm-hmm. be more informal, more casual. And that's how people like to be approached nowadays. Nevertheless, you know, in most cases, unless you're going for that top tier CEO of some, you know, Fortune 50 company, you might want to tailor a little bit different message. But for the most part, you know, for who your audience is and who my audience is, mm-hmm. it, just keep it casual. Cause people are like, what do you say? What do you say? Ask questions. If you're going to sit, if we we're going to sit here and talk face to face, are you just going to sit in silence? Or are you going to ask so many questions? <laughs> ask questions. Of course. Right, ask questions. Yeah. Because eventually look, people on LinkedIn aren't dumb. Mm. They know eventually that your goal is to get them on the phone or get them on some sort of webinar or whatever. They know they're not dumb. They're just, You've got to say the right thing at the right time for them to let down their guard and go, okay, mm-hmm. right? You know, so if, if you are humorous and you can add humor and black and white text, do it. I've tried it. I bombed, <laughs> but there's times that I've done actually really well with it. The podcast run. I talked about if I'm on a podcast frenzy, I love podcasts. If this is not too cheesy, let's connect. You know how much people came back and said, I love cheese. Yeah. And then I had some people go, no. I don't like the cheese, but I'll connect with you anyway. Yeah. You know, it's fun to see the response to see that just broke the ice right there. Mm. So it, I mean, just have fun with LinkedIn. Don't be so uptight, mm. you know, yes. just keep it casual and not every post, not every piece of content, not every message is going to resonate with the person on the other side of that screen. Right. And that's okay. That's totally okay. You know, so you can't, Please, one hundred percent of people, one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. so additionally, so that's just with your content. But what? Let's say you follow an influencer. Um, I'm just going to use Gary Vaynerchuk for example. Um, Gary V, love Gary V, <laughs> and he gets massive engagement on his, you know. And we're both in the social media marketing space, right? So I'm going to go hijack the people that commented or the people that liked, and I'm going to go through some of those. I'm going to find out, hey. Is any of these people my perfect prospects? And I'm going to go in there and I might reply to them in the comment section. Hey, that was great insight. You know, thanks for, you know, sharing. Or I'll go connect with them and go, hey, that post that Gary Vee posted. Yeah, I thought the same thing too, blah, blah, blah. What did you think? Let's connect. Like, I mean, so you don't always have to be the content, content curator you can actually hijack somebody else's content to start growing your network and developing business relationships. Yes, yes. And as especially if they've asked the question, then you could answer it for them and become the authority. Ah, well. see? Oh. I like the way you think, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think too. <laughs> okay, so um, there's only a few more questions left, if that's okay. Um, there's... I know I always like to ask how people generate revenue in their business. I know this podcast is about helping people grow and scale their business. So uh, what three actual steps or 
but let's no that's the other question uh, how do you re- ge- generate revenue in your business right now okay one this is all free guys free. yes free free okay <laughs> what you need to do is develop your company page and your personal profile so that not only is it focused on the client i'll give you guys like a little kind of script that you can use for your about se- section always have some sort of call to action because you got to tell somebody what you want them to do next, whether that's call you, email you, get on your list, get this free thing that you're offering, get on my calendar, you know, whatever it is. Okay. And I usually use the first couple lines as some sort of, I I ask a question because that's going to convince somebody to click the see more and you want to read the rest of your about summary. Right. So here's kind of a formula that I use. It's who am I? What do I do? How we do it or how I do it. Okay. Remember, keep this in first person. This is a personal profile, not a company page. How we're different than the competition and take the high road. Okay. Because people know how they're different competition. And if you've done your foundation work, you would already know this information, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, what kind of results and outcomes can somebody expect working with me? That's the formula. And then a call to action, Mm. right? So now you're telling people that's client facing because the client, they don't care. I mean, it's, they like to see that you have honors and awards, that you've got higher level education, you belong to some organizations and you volunteer. That's wonderful. You have to have that in there. And that's what a lot of people forget to put in there is the human side of it. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, this client wants to know, uh, what can you do for me? You know, what's in it for me? How are you different than the guy next door? Right. And mm-hmm. what kind of results can you get me? And in what, in what amount of time can I get them? That it's what's in it for me. Cause yeah. we always know that. Have you ever been to a networking event where, you know, everybody's business people, business to business and everybody they're, you know, they're talking about themselves the whole mm. time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know what's in it for them. How can you help me? How are you different than the, the XYZ insurance agent, you know, down the street? How are you different than them? You guys have the same products. You can, you know, sell me the same thing. How are you different? And I don't know what that is. Um, right off the top of my head, but I know how I'm different than some of the other LinkedIn experts, Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of us out there, but with 774 million people on LinkedIn, there's plenty of business to go around. Yep. And I bring a little bit of different personality. Like most of the gurus out there, I know that they barely touch on that profile. And from personal experience, I lost a six figure contract because my profile was horrible. You know, so I started really deep diving into the profile and I know none of the competitors that I'm aware of that I keep track of do this. That's how Mm. I'm different because I know from the people in my inbox, it says, I love your profile. Wow. That's awesome. I didn't know you were in the Navy. Um, You'd have to scroll through the profile to catch the fact that I was in the military. And trust me, I wouldn't have been on a podcast and gotten huge, huge um, engagement on that because I wasn't in the military. Had I not put that in my profile, that was an opportunity lost, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's what I think people are forgetting. These guys are teaching them, use it as a mini sales page or a a website. Yeah. I can agree with that too a little bit, but we still have to, um, we don't be so cold about it, right? Mm -hmm. Add the human touch to it. You know, share a story in your about summary. Don't just list your accomplishments about you. Share a story. Like in mine, I share my story about my third degree burns. And it's mm. only a few sentences. But honestly, it's the truth. You know, this story and LinkedIn, it saved my career. 
you know, after those burns, trust me, I, I could have lost my business completely. And people are scared to share a part of their story, mm. you know? And it was from one of my clients that we worked with together for almost four years. And he says, Trace, you got to start sharing your story. And the very first time I did that, I was on Dan Kennedy's stage in Cleveland, Ohio. I got to speak for Dan Kennedy at his conference, at his conference. And I shared the story and I had people crying in the front row and I had people connecting with me on LinkedIn after that. <laughs> and I made $20,000 at the, at the event. But after the event, it made me six figures Yes, from the event after yep. that, because those clients became coaching clients and then became done for you clients. And then they referred me people. See how it, the, the domino effect yeah. goes all because I shared my story, not just my expertise, but mm -hmm. my story and why LinkedIn <clears throat> saved my career and propelled me to make, you know, well into the six figures. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so vulnerability is the number one thing. And then you, yes. also, you also mentioned first person. Instead yes, of approaching it like a salesperson, sales yeah. page. Okay. Now, I, I think in your work experience, you could say we, our, it could be second or third person, but definitely the it's a personal profile. Save mm -hmm. the rest of that for your company page. People want to know about you because at the end of the day, people are doing business with people. They're not doing business with the company itself, right? So yeah. you may work for Microsoft. But I'm not doing business with Microsoft. You're my account manager. I'm working with you as the mm. account manager, right? I'm doing business with you, regardless yeah. of who you're employed by, with, right? Yeah. So per personal branding, you you've got to keep it iii, and then it's with it's like, um, and I keep referencing cocktails and bars and things like that. But it's like going. Have you ever heard the old adage of you know you have your favorite bartender? This is why people go back to the same bar over. Yeah and over and over again they're not doing business with the bar they're doing business with their favorite bartender mm, yeah right uh, that's a, yeah yeah that makes it makes sense to me uh and i and i and i think i've approached it as what can what can i do for you instead of well maybe i have maybe i need to rework the linkedin profile definitely and, I need to concentrate and yeah that's that's when you sit down and you brainstorm okay besides the demographics of you know male, female, age group, titles, uh, company, how many employees in the company, um, industry, whatnot. That's just demographics, okay? And those are, those are important because you need those in Sales Navigator, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you need to deep dive into who are they really? What are their greatest fears? What are their biggest desires? What software companies, products do they use? Um, uh, who have they used in the past that what did they like about their product or services? What didn't they like their product or services? How you can uniquely benefit them that their competitor doesn't do. You know, when you start deep diving into that kind of stuff, trust me, you're going to be eons ahead of your competitors because they're not going to take the time to do that. Mm. And here's the biggest, biggest thing. LinkedIn's a search engine. You have to brainstorm keywords. And not your internal speak keywords, but what is your prospecting typing into that search bar to find somebody like you to solve their problem? Boom. I think that's <laughs> the, I, I know I want to ask you actionable stats, but you just gave me your, uh, you gave me a lot of points there. Plus you spoke about referrals and everything like that. So thank yeah. you for your time today. Uh, I want to give you space to promote yourself, tell people how they can get in touch with you after this podcast, connect with you on LinkedIn, et cetera. So the space is yours. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Tracy Enos, and that's spelled E-N-O-S. I'm the only Tracy Enos, I believe, that has a photo still. I was the very first Tracy Enos on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, so go connect with me there. Um, I do not have the follow button because I'm not in creator mode. Um, I, I still like to have the connections. Um, and then if you say that you heard me on Chris's podcast, I'm going to do something. I'm going to give you guys the top three things that you can do with your profile. So I'll, I will review your profile and give you the top three things that you uh, could improve on. And I recommend you doing. Secondly, go into linkedinpublishing.com and get on my list and you'll get a copy of my 2018 book. This book, LinkedIn Publishing to Profits. And um, it'll be a PDF and then my 23-point profile checklist, which is now developed into a 28-point profile checklist. But I'll give you the 23-point when the new one comes out. Well, guys, we'll get you the free one of there, too. And um, from there, you know, we'll start having that conversation. Amazing. Amazing. So giving so much value again. And thanks for supporting all the all the people that are going to listen to this podcast. Um I think that wraps it up. Thank you for your time, Tracy. And I look forward to connect with you very soon. Likewise. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much, Tracy. I just wanted to touch on one of the points that Tracy did mention during the episode, which was to hijack people's uh, content. So instead of creating content yourself, you can position yourself as an authority by answering the questions that people are that your ideal prospects are asking on an influencer's post. It's an incredible tip and it will probably help you generate and create six figures for your business. Make sure to continue to use LinkedIn and if you need any more information on LinkedIn, then I highly recommend joining Tracy's Facebook group or going over to talkingwithexpertspod.com and reading the latest blog from this podcast. This is a a supplementary blog to go with this episode and I hope you can get a little bit more information about Tracy, how to get in touch with her and even get all the bonuses she mentioned in this episode. For now, I'll see you next week with another incredible expert. Bye-bye.